Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are live. Okay, guys, it is April the 8th, and I'm mentioning the date because in two days, those of you who are 1099 employees, which is the bulk of you, who are, in other words, receiving your real estate commissions and whatnot as a 1099 versus being a W-2 employee of your own said corporation, will be able to apply for the PPP. Now, there are four distinct programs that all of you, most of you, will be getting money from. And from unemployment insurance to the SBA's PPP to the, what am I forgetting, Julie? Forbearances. <laughs> Forbearances. And the stimulus check. And the stimulus check. Uh, all right. No, there was another one. We forgot one. Anyway, here's It'll the thing. <laughs> Julie and I- You're having talk. money thrown at you. Just say yes, please, and thank you. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. That's the answer. So uh, we've been talking about this topic endlessly, and because it's the most relevant possible thing we could think of as an, a way to help you guys, this is essentially the government's lifeline to all of you. Um, and so it, we're not going to drill down too much on that, but I'm going to remind all of you, if you're listening to us for the first time, go back and listen to all of our previous podcasts. Julie and I have been talking about this coronavirus topic since the beginning of last month. We were then essentially saying to everyone that would listen that we think this is going to be a big issue for the economy and you know the whole thing was going to cause a housing collapse and everything that we've said is playing out. We're going to talk a little bit about that today um, and we're going to give you the reasons behind it. You guys can do your own homework. Our podcast is not so long that we can really drill down on topics too much so oftentimes we're going to essentially um, give you guys the direction if you're wanting to further your own education on this topic. Along those lines, the uh, SBA PPP program, how do you apply for unemployment, how you, all the programs, that information is waiting for you. And all you've got to do is text the word survival to 31996. So just text the word survival to 31996 on your iPhone, on your Android device, doesn't matter. Just text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link to our new free coaching program called Premier Experience. It is a um, program designed specifically for this market. It's a national free coaching program. It's for any agent who basically doesn't just want to, you know, survive through this. They want to thrive through this. And the coaching program, the heart of the coaching program, obviously, is, is how to be of service and help people make money. But within the coaching program, you're going to find our ultimate agent survival guide. The ultimate agent survival guide is broken into three parts. The first part is the personal part. And that's where we're essentially going to help you um, leverage all these government programs that have come out so that you have a financial lifeline into the future. We're going to tell you exactly how to apply for the programs. And there's uh, so much misinformation out there. Frankly, it's not even the agent's fault that there's so much misinformation. There's been so much confusion about because these programs came out so fast 
that there was misinformation all over the internet. What Julie and I have been doing to get information is we've just been going directly to the government agencies' um, news releases, and we've been reading exactly what they've been saying. So, for example, if two weeks ago you'd gone to the SBA and you'd applied for a loan, you probably applied for the Coronavirus Disaster Relief Bill or Disaster Relief Fund or whatever it was called. Well, you applied to the wrong one. You're probably not going to get that one. Um, because it requires a higher level of documentation and whatnot. The program you need to be applying for is going to be the Paycheck Protection Program. That's the one where basically has the least, it's essentially a no-doc loan, almost a no-doc loan. And the best part of that loan is it's non-recourse, which means they, can, they won't hold you personal, uh, personally liable for it. And most of the loans, if you follow the rules, will go from being a loan to being a grant. In other words, you won't have to pay it back anyway. And the rule for that, from what we understand, is you have to have 75% of your of the money that you use from the SBA PPP loan go to payroll. So I was just on the phone with a coaching client. This coaching client made an average of something like $10,000 per month last year. So he is, he in his particular example, he was actually an employee of his own corporation, but this applies even if you're a 1099. And what he did is he essentially, you take two and a half times whatever your average monthly income was last year or whatever last year that you filed for, you know, that you, you know, we haven't filed our 2019 returns yet. Most of you haven't either. That deadline's been extended to through July, by the way. Uh, but what you, you could use 2018. So he basically put $30,000 down. Uh, I'm sorry, he put, you know, average of, it was basically uh, two and a half times your average of three months, which will amount to, you guys can do the math. So his actual relief, the amount of money he's going to get from the uh, PP, or from the PPP SBA program is probably going to be between fifty dollars and $60,000 that will not have to be repaid, assuming he uses 75% of it uh, towards his own payroll because he's the only employee of his corporation. You guys get it? Now, starting on the 10th of this month, which is just in two days, Anyone who has a, it was a 1099 can apply. The application start date for employed people, even if you're the only employee of your own corporation, was the 3rd of April. If you're a 1099, um, you know you basically never incorporate or you're in a state where agents can't incorporate. Or frankly, if you're a broker, you need to be telling your agents about this too, if they're all 1099s. That starts on the 10th. Now, um, the easiest way for you to get all this information, because I know I'm talking quick because there's so much detail. And remember, this is just one of four programs that you guys can apply for. The easiest way for you to get this information is just text the word survival to 31996. Do not wait doing that. This PPP program is first come, first serve. Once the $350 billion is gone, it's gone. So, Julie, um, let's, yes. talk about, let's talk about <laughs> headlines that we picked up from the news today. All right. So let's start with uh, coronavirus stimulus checks. When is the money coming? Show me the money. So... Let's start with how do you get the money? How do you need to apply? You don't need to apply. The stimulus checks are being handled by the IRS. If you filed your taxes electronically, the money will be transferred electronically. Okay, so you don't necessarily know. So the information the information's on the website, yes. and all you have to do is text the word survival. But they're to on three, their way. You have to text the word survival from to 31996. So any other headlines, Julie? Um, yes, we have. Uh, some of you guys, and Tim, you were just mentioning this about the PPP plan, which is the payroll protection plan. People are freaking out a little bit about whether they're going to actually run out of money. So... Um, the treasury secretary said, no, we are not going to run out of money. If you didn't get your loan approved this week, it will be next week or the following. 
and that the money will be there. And we also know that there is a fourth stimulus bill that they're working on, which probably will extend some of the stuff and add new funds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but that stimulus yeah. could also be used for a little, you know, other stuff. Or building bridges in Uganda, you don't know. I mean, so exactly. you can't. You have to assume the oper- what we're telling everyone is you have to assume that once the PPP money is gone, it's gone. You just need some urgency here. So get those applications yes, don't filled assume. out. Um, I'll tell you a story I'm working on, Julie. Uh-huh. And, um, I've got one is, more after that. Okay, this, so this, is, this one's... Guys, this is going to be confusing, but this is the bottom line. So part of the initial 2 or $6.3 trillion of the stimulus package, whatever you want to call it, right? I mean, call it really what it is. It's basically quantitative easing, but we're not going to call it that. So part of this program... Uh, was supposed to go to the loan servicers, the mortgage servicers, so that they then could basically have cash flowing while people weren't making their mortgage payments. Well, evidently, the two in the two point two trillion with and along with the other four trillion that got uh, essentially um, it's created by the Fed, because that's the only way to say it. Certainly wasn't printed. Created by the Fed, there was not a carve out for the servicers. Um, to cover their lost costs during those uh, the time of forbearances. Now, again, we're hearing that supposedly there's something uh, underway to make that so that's no longer an issue, and they're asking for a hundred billion dollars. The servicers are, and I think personally that's what's going to happen. And then you're going to see a streamlined process where everyone's going to get the same exact forbearance. It's going to be for 12 months. The principal and interest is going to be put on the back of the loan. But there were examples of people that are having differing experiences depending on their lender. Here's the reason that this really matters. Obviously, it matters from you from a personal cash flow perspective. But remember, I'm about to tell you this. Virtually everyone we've talked to has been able to get a 90-day forbearance or sometimes 120-day forbearance uh, with no proof of hardship, no nothing, and the interest in the principal was tacked on the back of the loan. That is different than what a lot of you guys think it is. It's not on the back of the forbearance. So some of you guys think the back of the loan means that you're going to have to pay it back in three or four months as a balloon payment. In other words, one payment, that's not the case. In most cases, like very few cases have I not heard that the missed payments are not being, they're being tacked on the back of the loan. And there's no credit hit. There's no real downside to you, uh, you doing this. You don't have to provide any documentation or anything like this. We're not going to talk about on today's podcast about the unemployment stuff coming out too. That's something you guys really need to be focused on as well. And on every single one of you will qualify for unemployment, whether you're 1099 or whether you're W-2. And it looks like the minimum amount of weekly unemployment that most of you will qualify is about $640 all the way up to close to $1,000 per week. And if there's two self-employed people or two W-2 people that are working for their own corporations and a household, they each will get unemployment. And I was reading the parameters for unemployment this morning. One of them, for example, was it doesn't have to mean a total loss of income. It could mean a partial loss of income. And they don't define what partial loss means. So for example, if you're, um, they said, if you're a working parent and you're having to stay home and provide childcare for your kids, because you know, the kids that aren't going to school, you can apply for unemployment, which is, you know, pretty much everybody. Yeah. Which is pretty much everybody. So you guys get the point. This is a pretty much everybody program, just like the other ones. So pay attention, text the word survival to 31996. But going back to the mortgage forbearance (laughs) thing I was telling you about, they have already probably taken too long to stop the unintended consequences of 
um, this forbearance issue. In other words, they're, the payment, most people's mortgage payments are due in, what, a few days? And the number of people that are going to miss that first mortgage payment because of the f- confusion about forbearances is going to be a historically unprecedented, absolutely batshit crazy number. Now, what we know from the last go-around, and anything similar would be the 2007-2008 debacle, what we know is something over 90%, 95% of everyone, when they miss one payment, doesn't make the, they won't catch the mortgage back up. And the problem is, is that if so many people have no jobs and up to 30%, they're saying people are going to be unemployed, that means they're not going to be able to qualify to get a mortgage modification. In other words, they're going to be pushed right to short sale. So we were, and this is an evolving story, right? The only thing that can prevent this from happening, and this is what I'm getting to is a uh, massive number of defaults, okay? The only thing that could stop that from happening is if the servicers are essentially, you know, given a whole crap ton of money to not uh, proceed in, with defaults, not report uh, maybe missed payments, give everyone basically a breather on this first month, and then put everyone's mortgage into a 12-month forbearance and not making it some big onerous process. In my opinion, that's what's going to happen. But if it doesn't, we're going to be the first to tell you because what that means, if it doesn't, the number of defaults in the country is going to be ridiculous. Like, Julie, what was the article that I sent you yesterday? The Mortgage Bankers Association said they're expecting the number of defaults to be greater in um, yes. this month than all of, all like, of the recession. And all was. of the recession. Yeah. And yes. all of 2000. Well, right. and there's there's kind of a backstory that's developing that I, I see from our elite coaching clients. I'm seeing it bubble up with our premier coaching clients that's kind of interesting. We still don't know whether that's going to be like an all-out 12-month forbearance. And the longer they take to get there, you know, people are already in the next two or three days, to your point, people are already missing payments. The entire world does not know about these forbearance programs. Right. And some of them are saying, well, why bother? Because I know I'm not going to have a job. I'm probably on the path to short sale or foreclosure or deed in lieu is another option. Okay, so here's the interesting message that's bubbling up. This is a unique opportunity in time. While many of those people still have equity, these are the listings that are going to be coming up immediately, assuming you guys are talking to the right people to protect the remaining equity before it hits the fan before, you know, because even with the special programs, the entire world is not even going to apply for a forbearance. There's going to be people that have to sell their house. Drill down on what Julie said, because they still have equity because there hasn't been a precipitous drop in prices yet. And there will be a precipitous drop in most markets and prices. So what Julie's point is, is you all should be on the phones right now, talking to expireds, talking with the notice of defaults. We teach you guys how to go after all these different sources of business in our coaching program. And if you want to learn more about our coaching program, um, here's a new word to use. Just text the word education to 31996. Text the word education to 31996. Do that right away and we'll tell you how you can start getting access to the leads of the people that are notice of defaults, the people that are um, you know, expiring, all those different sources of business. But what we're telling you right now is what everyone else is going to be telling you about in 60 to 90 days. You need to listen to what we're telling you because it appears that this is going to be the next big tsunami, if you want to call it that, that's going to hit the economy. 
And, and so far, it looks like it's being mishandled. This shouldn't have happened in the first place. We shouldn't have had to even bring this up. This should have been something that was rolled into that um, initial stimulus program, but it doesn't seem like it was. So if the foreclosure train actually starts loading, <laughs> if it starts actually leaving the station or any word that it's going to leave the station, we are going to be all over it. And we're going to tell you guys about it immediately. And what we're telling you now for sure is you need to get started doing BPOs. Because BPOs are an instant way for you to make cash now. We talked about that on one of our previous podcasts. If you want to learn more about how to make money now doing BPOs, just text the word BPO to 31996. Text the word BPO to 31996. And we'll text you back information how you can start making money now doing BPOs. There's urgency to everything we're telling you because all of these things are limited in scope. For example, if you want to do, if it's 90 days from now and you're saying, I want to start making 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 a month from doing BPOs, I'm finally going to be motivated to do it. It's probably going to be too late for you because the, the, the BPO companies aren't going to need agents in your market because all the other agents were more, they're frankly quicker to get on the, uh, take advantage of doing BPOs than you were because you procrastinated. The PPP money, and some of these other programs we're telling you about, they're limited by uh, design and scope. In other words, once the money is gone. So everything we're telling you guys, because of the nature of this, is urgent. Not because we're trying to create urgency and do any of these fancy marketing things. We're just telling you the facts. And it's up to you to do something with the information. Um, so, Julie, let's get back yeah. to so <laughs> It's yeah. because we have your back, not because we're you know, into the drama, believe me. Okay, so <clears throat> yesterday we started talking about what will change post-pandemic. Some things good, some things maybe not so good. And we've been alternating between, you know, maybe positive and maybe not. So one of the things that is very clear right now is that we will all be perhaps staying more remote than we were before and more online. The lockdown forced millions of professionals to work from home. You guys are doing that right now. Reinforcing a trend that was already accelerating, but as the nation begins to reopen, commuters will want to avoid crowded buses, trains, subways, you know that's true. I mean, how how enthusiastic are you about being in a uh, in a subway right now, for example, bringing already crowded highways to the standstill? So you're going to find incentives, maybe from some of the people you're working with, maybe your spouse is going to have an incentive for remote working, if for no other reason to control that congestion. That's going to be normal. Well, and building on that, and we talked about this a little bit the other day when we were talking about these points, big organized events, like it could even be church guys, unfortunately, but, yeah. you know, seminars and all these types of things that have become a mainstay of a lot of, you know, small businesses as a lead generator. Certainly in our industry, seminars and whatnot have been a mainstay. You put a bunch of realtors in a room and, you know, try to sell them tickets to your event. Well, there's an excellent reason to believe, and we've never done that, by the way. There's an excellent reason to believe that those things are all going to basically go away because what's going to happen is, this is very important. Listen to what I'm saying. It's not so agents A will be gun shy about going because of fear of the coronavirus. There's that. That's not the real problem, though. The problem is, is that errors and in emissions insurance for the brokerage or for the person doing the event won't cover if someone decides to sue because they got sick at the event that you held or if they or someone they know died as a result of the event that you held. So there is lots of reasons to legally avoid going to events, but mostly there's lots of reasons to not hold events. Julie? Yeah, you're going to hear the word liability a lot. So yeah. there's that. Okay, so and I've got to get ready for Premier Coaching. But before I do, I'm going to leave my final point on something very fun. Dogs and cats living together. 
humane societies and shelters running out of pets. How cool is that? That's happening. They're your work colleagues now. They're not just pets. They're your assistants. Everybody needs a furry assistant. And I think we talked about, yes, maybe we didn't. Uh, even baby chicks are being sold out because of backyard chicken farms going on. People right. saying, you know what? I, I can eat those eggs. We used to have chickens in Texas. Those we eggs did. were awesome. Yes. So I think, you know, this is like the best news for humane societies and shelters ever. So that's pretty cool. Right. And on a side note, the uh, I think there's stock in a company called Chewy, which is pet supplies. That's like going through the roof right now. So kind of some fun news. And I've got to get ready for Premier here in a second. So Premier Coaching students, make sure you attend the daily semi-private coaching call with Julie. Obviously, it starts here in about five minutes. She, yep. she does that every day on Fridays. The daily private call is just for uh, about BPOs. Uh, coached by Coach Rochelle. So make sure you're attending that one. All right, I'm going to go through probably one or two more points. Um, it's funny, Julie and I wrote these points for this content last week, and now yesterday this became a story. So I think Julie and I are pretty frosty right now. Less confident in government and entities like uh, the World Health Organization. So what's going to happen, and it's already starting to happen, is that everyone's sort of like fact-checking everybody else. Like, this report came out and this many people were supposed to this and the other thing, disease spreading and dying and all the rest of it. And now everyone's starting to sort of de-ravel and realize this is their sources of information. Some of them overestimated, some of them underestimated. And I'm not even talking the political, you know, how a lot of this stuff is being politicized because it's a presidential election year. I'm just talking about in general, like, for example, you know, the World Health Organization, has essentially uh, been proven to absolutely have provided bad information at the early stages of this. They were using politicized information that they were getting from, you know, China and some other sovereigns to, and, and they're using that and they're, they're a stage to basically give people in countries bad information about preparedness. They should have been the ones that realized that the information coming out of China was essentially needed to be fact-checked and they didn't. And a lot of other organizations too. Like, what? How does your confidence in the government right now? Has your confidence in your information sources? How are you feeling? And so, what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to develop a natural, frankly, healthy skepticism towards anybody that basically purports themselves to be a governmental official and whatnot, who's basically bringing you know the the, uh, the solution. This goes back to an old Ronald Reagan quote. Forgive me for using a Ronald Reagan quote if that you find this offensive, but frankly, it's awesome. The scariest you know, the words you can hear is uh, followed by a knock on the door, opening the door and seeing someone on the other side of it saying, I'm here from the, I'm, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. I mean, that was one of his jokes. And I think it's true because really what you're looking at is you're looking at a historical, a abs- absolute historical pandemic that maybe there was or maybe there wasn't an overreaction to. And here's the thing that's, again, a topic Julie and I have been hammering on. The pandemic itself is horrible, 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 for sure. A real, you know, this is going to be one of those things that people will talk about forever, hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. But really, the real damage from this won't be from the pandemic. It'll be from the, the economic plague that follows. The economic plague is going to be what we've been trying to prepare you guys for, if you're willing to pay attention. What we're telling you is going to happen next isn't because we're hoping it's going to happen. It's because if you are not, if you remove your rose-colored glasses and you just think with you know moderate levels of intelligence, what happens when thirty percent of people don't have jobs? Well, they don't have house, they don't buy houses because they're uh, not confident. But what's more than that, they don't pay for the houses they've got. That right there for me was just the trigger thought that made me realize that hey, guess what? 
when Julie and I were a year or two ago uh, telling agents that there was going to be a housing crash. And it's on YouTube. We did a presentation this time last year in Hawaii, which is amazing. And we did another one in Manhattan, which is amazing, telling you guys this exact thing, this exact thing was going to happen. Um, we got a couple things wrong. The biggest one, we didn't predict a pandemic, but we knew there was going to be a housing crash. It was obvious from the markets that Julie and I follow. But again, this pandemic, what it's done is it's essentially condensed what would have been a, maybe a moderate, slow unraveling of prices, and has pushed it into a ridiculously short period of time. And you're going to see the you're going to see the effects of this towards the end of the year. Stop thinking that there's going to be a V-shaped recovery. A V-shaped recovery would be like you know, pandemic over, boom, economy bounces back. It's not going to work like that. There's going to be best case scenario U-shaped recovery. And if you can picture a U in your head. We're right now on the left portion of the U where things are still dropping. We haven't hit the bottom yet, but the bottom of that U goes for a long time before it starts to go back up again. That's actually in our, it, right now, realistically, that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is what they call an L-shaped recovery, which you can't even really throw the word recovery at the end of that um, because in that case, the market goes down, picture an L in your head, and it just stays down. By market, I don't just mean housing market. I mean the economy. I mean the global market. There's a long-term depression. You can have a depression and a U-shaped recovery too, which looks like in some parts of the country, it's definitely going to feel like that. Other parts of the country, frankly, guys, it won't. We had coaching clients in the last go-around um, that, frankly, their housing markets uh, did fantastic. And we had, that was a minority of them, maybe less than 10%. A majority of them... Uh, we're somewhere in the middle between complete and total uh, value collapse and what I just described. So most of them were dealing with like in Columbus, Ohio, where Julie and I used to sell real estate. There was a there are pockets that were doing really good pockets, streets, sometimes, you know, city blocks, you know, communities. That was it. Most of it, the properties were flat and then falling. But then, you know, it rebounded. Some similar thing will happen now. But the problem is, is that it's going to probably fall faster. Well, obviously it's going to fall faster and then it's going to recover slower. And bottom line, if you're not listening to what I'm saying, if there is no plan to basically uh, bail out the lenders, I hate to say it, but bail out the lenders and cover them for the loan forbearances, they can't, a lot of these banks don't have the, supposedly have the cash to uh, essentially pay their bills and pay their obligations from the lost income from people making not making their mortgage payments. If that happens, and this is what's starting to happen. Listen to what I'm saying, please. You're going to see the mortgage markets freeze because the banks are going to say, we're not going to be lending money out of fear that basically we need to keep our cash to uh, make so we stay in business. This is the unintended consequences of essentially not having given some portion of that um, initial stimulus to the lenders to help people go into easy forbearances. And look, Wells Fargo came out with a press release last week that says, we're not, <laughs> this is the press release, such a joke. We're not doing. Uh, jumbo mortgages from lack of demand. Yeah, right. You're not doing jumbo mortgages because you can't sell those. You have to keep those. You don't want to have to suffer the consequences of having those go into default. But mostly you want to keep your powder dry, your cash at the ready in case basically there's no bailout from the government to compensate you for the lost revenue from uh, all the forbearances. That's the real story. And that's what you all need to be paying attention to. We're paying attention to that for you. Now, guys, I just gave you what probably is going to happen that I hope and pray it doesn't happen. But if it does, things are going to, in the real estate markets, things are going to crash, correct, whatever word you want to use, faster than we could, anyone could have ever experienced or will ever experience, hopefully again in our lifetimes. 
for all the reasons that we've just stated. The only thing at this point, there's several things, but the easiest thing to have happen would be the government basically giving the servicers some kind of you know guarantee on the, the lost revenue. And if that were to happen and forbearances are able to be put in place easily without a bunch of bureaucracy and BS, then you're going to see these dire predictions. They might still happen, but they're going to happen in the future. They're not going to happen in the next 60 to 90 days. Pay attention. Stay close. I know some of this stuff is scary, and I went in this with telling you guys this because it's very true. No matter what direction the market goes, there are people that make money. No matter what happens to the economy, there are people that make money. Whoever the president is, what the interest rates are, it does not matter. So there's the amount of money that's floating around out there in literal sense is more than it's ever been before, ever. Literally, the amount of, you call it cash, but it's not really cash, but the amount of cash that's floating around out there is greater than it's ever been. That money is flowing to people. If it's not flowing to you, you need to put yourself in a position where it can flow to you. You just need to learn the new things this market requires. So there's not a lack of money. There's a lack of your skill to basically earn the right to uh, attract that money to you. You guys get it? That's all it is. It's just a new market, new skills, and you can do it. Trust me, you can do it. You can make it through this. The market, housing needs you. Um, there are some, you know, uh, where are all the iBuyers? That competitor's gone. Where are all the other discounters? Those competitors are gone. See what happens in a market like this? The old saying of when the tide goes out, all the people swimming naked are, you know, obviously seen for what they are. That's what's happening now. Don't dance on their graves, guys. Don't celebrate the failures of your competitors. That's actually kind of an evil thing. Um, what you should do instead is you need to take care of yourself first, take care of your friends and family, and maybe help some of those agents basically get their acts back together financially so they can be part of the new economy that's going to come as a result of this. The easiest thing for all of you to do to help them is to have them text the word survival to 31996. Have them text the word survival to 31996. Make sure you do that as well. In the meantime, guys, if you need me for anything, you can text me. Julie and I are open to doing presentations to your office, your brokerage, your state association, your national association. It does not matter. Whatever you need us for, we're going to do it. And what we're going to focus on are the four ways agents can basically uh, make it through uh, this first phase of this market downturn. And what we we've been talking with you guys about on the podcast and what we've been doing in our private presentations. If you want us to do that for you, let us know. 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.